Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's just really interesting that kind of you can meet people that have such a big impact on your life that your life completely changes and your direction changes and kind of it opens up a whole new world to you. Laura Babb's sliding doors moment came when she met a guy called Pete. She'd barely picked up a camera before then, but Pete showed her how to use her brand new compact and eventually he married Laura. I'm Matt Bowen, this is Phototypes. It's Matt freaking Bowen. Before Laura Babb became a photographer, she used to close down crack houses and dish out asbos. Since she stopped doing that though, she's crafted an impressive wedding photography business and now curates her own successful photography festival in Wales. If you thought you knew everything there is to know about Laura, I think you're about to be surprised. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you. As I ask everybody when we start this podcast, have a look around you and tell us what you can see in your immediate vicinity. Really? How embarrassing. Um, well, I'm in my office, which is a kind of tiny um, single bedroom in my house that I share with my husband. Um, he's sitting next to me uh, working on some graphic design stuff. Um, I've got my two fl- plastic flamingos behind me. Um, and then basically quite a lot of tat that I've gathered from various weddings and style shoots along the way. Um, all of the wedding favours I've ever been given, um, bits of tinsel and glitter and all of that sort of thing, really. Nice. And uh, I've started to add this as a supplementary question, but is it a tidy office or is it no, quite messy? Of course not. Um, actually, um, we just had a tidy up. When I say we, I mean Pete, my husband, um, because I was having a small meltdown before I spoke to you. So uh, it's tidier than it was 20 minutes ago, but it's still um, not great. But that's fine, right? If you're creative, you're allowed to have a messy office. So. Yeah, that's what I say to uh, to Alice. I say, you know, don't touch anything on my desk. It's all in the right place for where I need it to be. She thinks it's messy. I know exactly where everything is. Organised chaos. Yeah, exactly. But amongst that, you can kind of channel yourself and focus on what you need to do. For the most part. I'm very easily distracted. Are you uh, quite focused? Yeah, that's why I'm on social media all day, every day. Because I I mean, when I'm editing, for example, I probably edit three pictures in sequence and then go off and check Facebook, which is terrible. This is why it takes me so long to do anything. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, Productivity is not my watchword. No, Um, likewise. For those people who don't know you, just describe yourself as a photographer. What sort of photographer are you? Uh, I'm a wedding photographer. Um, I hate slotting myself into one of those documentary alternative whatever boxes, but I suppose um, if I was to describe my work, it would be sort of creative documentary. Um, So documentary photography, but quite colourful. And I do tend to attract quite alternative clients and quirky couples as well. Did you set out to do that or is that something that's just happened along the way? 
yeah, I kind of did. I think when I first started, um, my emphasis and focus was a little bit different. I was really into kind of details and the styling and um, I wanted to work with sort of quite alternative couples. So I sort of targeted like blogs like Rock and Roll Bride quite a lot. And um, I did a competition quite early on in my career to give away free wedding photography to um, kind of my ideal client to sort of build my portfolio. Um, but as time's gone on, my focus has changed quite a lot. And actually the details, uh, whilst they're lovely and obviously make everything look pretty, they're not as important to me anymore. Um, so I've definitely moved to having more of a documentary focus, but I've still sort of carried on attracting um, those quite creative couples. Cool. So what's your story then? How did you get to the moment you're now in? Okay. So how far back do you want the story to go? Uh, well, let's not go back all the way to your birth. Cause, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that, so anything prior to 19 is a bit of a blur. Um, let's go back to sort of university times and what did you study there and then how did you get from there to now? So I'm a university dropout. Um, I studied English literature and drama um, for about a year but also had quite a healthy clubbing career on the side. Um, so I'd be travelling all over the country every weekend to go to clubs like Gatecrasher in Sheffield and um, other trance clubs. This is really cringy now I'm thinking back about it, you know, as teenagers do. So kind of as a result of that, I didn't really give my studies the uh, attention they needed. And after the first year at uni, I decided to drop out. I went back to live with my parents in Essex and I got a job um, doing administration for a housing association. Um, and while I was there, I actually sort of discovered that I really enjoyed working for the Housing Association. So they um, sort of put me on a fast track management program. Um, I did a HNC um, in housing studies and social policy through the Chartered Institute of Housing um, and then spent the next sort of 10 to 12, 12 years working in social housing, um, specialising in estate management and antisocial behaviour management. So closing down crack houses and getting asbos against people, which is quite different from wedding photography. Okay, so when did the leap come from doing that to uh, picking up a camera and taking photos? Were you taking photos at that time? No, not at all. Um, so probably the first time I'd ever um, consciously taken photos was when I went um, travelling around Southeast Asia in 2007. Um, I bought a compact camera to take with me um, and I hadn't really ever used a camera before that. I'd never even owned a camera before that, I don't think. And I just really enjoyed sort of documenting my trip um, and then shortly after I got back um, I met my husband um, and he's a graphic designer and was quite into photography as well and would take his little compact camera everywhere with him and that sort of quite interested me um, so not long after that I decided to buy an SLR and book myself on a night school course and learn how to use it. Was that quite a technical course or the very sort of... <laughs> Again completely the opposite so I did fine art uh, photography oh, okay. at night school but pr prior to that I had done like a couple of practical workshops so like an introduction to your SLR advanced use of your SLR um, just to kind of get to grips with how it worked on a practical level um, and then after that kind of most of the training that I've ever done has been fairly inspiration based rather than technical and what sort of things were you taking photographs of when you first bought your SLR uh, everything except people um, so I loved taking photos of urban landscapes and in a very sort of A-level art project kind of way I love taking photos of bits of rubbish in the streets um, and architecture and anything about the urban environment really and never ever and ever any people ever. So whilst you were doing that did you 
think at that time that photography might be a career for you or was it just a hobby at that time? Yeah, I think it was it was a hobby at that time, really. I think the tipping point came when um, one of my friends asked me to photograph their wedding and I tried to talk them out of it as hard as I could because why would you want someone who didn't photograph people ever to photograph your wedding? Um, but they basically said to me, well, we're not going to have a photographer, so bring your camera along and do what you can. And I kind of really like a challenge. So I thought, well, I'm not just going to turn up and do what I can. What I'm going to do is plan as, as much as I can to photograph it as well as I can, given the circumstances. Um, so I bought a few books. I think like Damien Lovegrove's book was in there and um, a couple of other books about wedding photography. Uh, read everything I could about it. Um, and then I hired in the kit that I needed um, to shoot the wedding. Okay, how did it go? Um, it was all right, actually. Yeah, I mean, there were, there are... For someone that had never photographed anything like that before, um, I got some quite good shots. Um, I got some terrible shots where they stood in a car park and I'm shooting straight into the sun and there are about 500 people in the background and I didn't really know how to shoot into the sun. And So there, there's that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the pictures are um, good in a sort of uh, what you might expect when you think of wedding photography, wedding photography kind of way. So, How did you... Um make the step from that then to where you are now um so after that i really enjoyed uh, shooting that wedding and thought um i'd love to do a bit more of this um so most people cringe when i say i did exactly what you're not supposed to do shot a friend's wedding advertised on gumtree um shot a few more weddings for free or for sort of really tiny fees um, and then actually I was just really, really lucky at that point because someone I know um, asked me to photograph their wedding. Um, I still didn't charge them very much for it, but they ended up having quite a cool wedding in a London pub with the Rootmaster bus and um, a fur coat, no knickers dress. Um, and I managed to get that wedding on Rock My Wedding. Um, so I think that was about the fourth wedding that I'd photographed. And I just started getting inquiries from there, really. Yeah. And so did you carry on um studying photography or were you then just kind of flying along and, and oh I'm a massive workshop junkie so I go to loads in fact that's how I met you so I'm, I met um, Matt at Steve Steve Gerrard's workshop so that was one of the first workshops I ever did and actually I met quite a lot of people at that workshop that I'm still really good friends with now like Mick Shah for example and then I've done all sorts over the years so Emma Case I've done um or Emma and Pete now I, I, I should say um, I've done fur, um, I've done Daniel Aguilera, um, I've been to photo field trip in California twice and I'm going back for a third time um, at the start of next year um, and then I've done courses at Central St Martin's sort of more focusing on the fine art side of things um, and actually even started my own workshop, um, not that I teach personally but the Snap Photography Festival that I sort of curate I suppose. So, I love a workshop. Yeah, and what, what do you take from each of those workshops? Are they still helping you along the way? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've always... Um, everyone that I've done has been quite calculated, really, to give me something specific. So I don't just sort of go to things without having an idea in mind what I want to get out of them. Aside from probably Field Trip, which is really inspiration-based, um, and for me doing something at the start of wedding season that kind of really gets me fired up and excited about shooting the season is a really, really good start to the year. Do you need that to kind of get yourself back in gear? I don't know. I don't know because I've kind of done that every year. Um, so uh, three years ago, I did Welcome Home at the start of wedding season. Um, and then the last two years, I've done Field Trip at the start of wedding season. And then prior to that, um, I well, there wasn't really a prior to that. So prior to that was like my first year. So, yeah, for me, it's kind of about 
just not I'm not a kick up the bum that's not the right way of describing it but just kind of like firing me up reigniting my passion and it just helps me to remember why I love doing this so much I think and um at what point then did you think yes I can do this full time I'm going to quit my job and uh this is going to be my job now uh, so that was 2012 when I quit my job. Where are we now? 2015. So yeah, three years ago. And and what were the thoughts running through your head at that that time? It was very irresponsible, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I had 20 weddings booked in for that year, but they were all at sort of like the eight, nine, ten. Uh, 1100 mark. So definitely 20 weddings at that price point wasn't enough to sustain um, me in terms of kind of living expenses and stuff, especially living in London. Um, but it just got to the tipping point where I couldn't balance both both things anymore. Um, so I just decided to quit my job, go for it, shoot my weddings over the summer, get a part-time job in the winter if I needed to, which I did that year, um, and just take the risk really. And it, it paid off, thankfully. <laughs> it could have gone the other way, I know. Was there any point during that year when you thought, actually, this isn't going to work, I'm not making enough money, this is the wrong decision? Yeah, that autumn, just before I started the part-time job over the winter, and I was living off deposits for a while, and there were a couple of months where I didn't know how I'd pay my rent next month. Um, but kind of the way I think about that is actually as wedding photographers, we're in a much more fit fortunate position than any freelancer ever in the whole world and a lot of freelancers that's just life being a freelancer you don't necessarily know where the next paycheck is coming from so you sort of have to reconcile yourself to that a little bit I think um but it, it's since then it's been fine and really stable so so at that moment and, and li- when you were living in those deposits did that kind of drive you on to think right I need to up my game and up my business or were you thinking actually I have made the wrong decision maybe I should look at getting a proper job again um, I don't think I was thinking either of those things really I think I was just thinking well you know I'll just pootle along and see what happens um, and as I say I, I not long after that started looking for a part-time job over the winter um, and I did office management three days a week for a software development company um, and that sort of gave me um, the uh, security to uh, make it through the winter um, and then the following year I shot 45 weddings so um it's it kind of righted itself 45 weddings is a lot of weddings yeah and I used to do engagement shoots as a complimentary part of the package so that year I did 45 weddings 45 engagement shoots and quite a few styled shoots um and I sort of walked out of that year feeling like I'd been run over by a bus so how do you manage now how do you manage your time do you put a cap on your amount of shooting it's sort of naturally righted itself as my prices have gone up um, so this year, between me and Alice, Alice is my associate photographer, uh, we're shooting 40 weddings and 35 of those are mine. Um, and I probably do about 10 engagement shoots on top of that. Um, and actually now with Snap um, and the planning that goes into that, 35 weddings is way too many for next year. So next year I'll probably be looking, well, I'm saying 25 in my head, but I don't know if I'll stick to that. I probably, if the bookings come and I want to work with the couples, I'll probably book them in, so... Yeah, it's hard to turn down nice inquiries, isn't it? Yeah, when you get excited about something and, yeah, I mean, a lot of inquiries you get, you just really want to be a part of it. So, yeah, it is hard. It's how we end up doing the doubles and the triples. and. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that story with us. Um, who or what inspires your work now then? And is it the same sort of people who inspired you when you started? There were a few wedding photographers whose work I really, really love. Um, at the moment, people that inspire me quite a lot are people like Nick Tucker. Um, I just love his work, and I think he's doing something really, really different from a lot of other people. Um, and he's got quite a unique offering. Um, I've told him this to his face as well, so um, I must stop complimenting him or he get, he'll get a massive head. Um, in terms of, like, outside of that, Carl Group is someone that really, really inspires me. Um, he's a lecturer at Central St. Martin's a commercial photographer um, and he actually spoke, spoke at Snap um, and I've been on various workshops of his over the years um, uh, and I just keep going back because he's such a knowledgeable um, inspiring force um, and it's sort of really for me it's nice to kind of look at photography outside of weddings to try and draw inspiration that way films quite a lot so um like Wes Anderson films I really really like cinematography and um I will try and just sort of like watch a random film every now and again but um, it's usually with Facebook going on in the background so I don't necessarily follow the plot I just look at the pictures um reading um travel um my husband uh, who I'm waving at again he's um always been like a really big inspirational force for me he shoots quite a lot of film second shoots for me uh, sometimes and taught me to use the first ever camera that I bought so I kind of like um in terms of who's been my biggest inspiration it's been him because I literally wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't met him so okay and um my next question is about the biggest influence on your life I guess uh, your husband might yeah I mean it's really funny we had this conversation when we first got together and I told Pete that I didn't have a creative bone in my body uh, and a couple of years after that he laughed at me about that um, so it's just really interesting that kind of you can meet people that have such a big impact on your life that your life completely changes and your direction changes and kind of it opens up a whole new world to you and um, is he still having that sort of influence on him or do you have an influence back on him now don't know um he often says that I do inspire him quite a lot and he says he's very proud of me so that's nice it's very nice well done Pete well done Pete (laughs) he's gone a bit red over in the corner all right what excites you what makes you get out of bed in the morning um it's really hard to get me out of bed in the morning so however exciting something is it's still a struggle um but um I just really love uh adventure and exploring I love to travel Um, one of the things I've always loved about photography is um, that it's the whole thing is just an exploration for me it's an exploration of my creativity and you're exploring the stories of the people that you're working with um, you're exploring your environment um, and that's just what um, that's what I find really really exciting about it okay and conversely to that then what scares you everything (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah I am generally quite an anxious person 
Uh, and I was talking to my um, to Pete the other week about the fact that I'd gone for a walk in quite a secluded area and I spent the whole time just feeling slightly anxious that I was going to get attacked by a dog or mugged or so yeah I just walked through my whole life feeling worried which is quite good fun. <laughs> Being like that does that sort of drive you on as well or make you kind of extra aware of what's going on around you? Uh, maybe I mean it certainly doesn't hold me back um to any great extent i'm luckily not one of the people that sort of suffers from crippling anxiety and, and can't leave the house i just figure that you could uh, you've just got to overcome things sometimes haven't you and kind of tr- try to do your best to work around them so our next question is uh one of our favorites it's nothing to do with photography but i thought i'd throw it in there and it's what's your favorite swear word um, well, I, I know we sort of talked briefly about this over email, but I just can't do it, Matt, so I'm going to say bollocks. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, <laughs> that's very controlled of you. And, you know, you never know. Your parents might be listening. So. Yeah, exactly. And my mum would be furious if I dropped the C-bomb, so, yeah. Yeah, but what's likely to make you swear? Do you have a bit of a potty mouth as it is, or...? terrible well I'm, I'm fine sort of um in front of clients and things like that but yeah in front of my friends um i'm like I swear like a sailor yeah i think a lot of creative people do but we should be more creative with our vocabulary perhaps yeah bring back some like old retro swear words maybe well i'm just waiting for somebody to come out with an old retro swear word but you know shakespeare did make up most of the swear words that we use now just, like, so you go around biting your thumb at people yeah most of them are retro if shakespeare made them up if you could be anything else for a day and you've been a few things, what else would you be? What would I like to be? Actually, you know, I did have a flirtation with wanting to be a scuba diving teacher for a while. Um, so when I did uh, my sort of stint in Southeast Asia, um, the dream for about three weeks was that I'd sort of stay on and do my dive master and learn to teach scuba diving. Um, but that didn't really happen. And we don't really scuba, much, uh, scuba dive much anymore because Pete doesn't like getting his face wet. So Okay. <laughs> he's pulling a look sorry Pete <laughs> pulling a wet face yeah so or a dolphin I could be a dolphin and then I wouldn't need the scuba gear okay well uh, you just have to swim around without Pete then who living or dead would you like to photograph um I had a really long think about this and actually there isn't really any one person that I'd like to photograph more than anyone else so um I just really love the process and kind of exploring the subject matter rather than it being specifically about the subject matter. So anyone, maybe sort of like doing a day of documentary shooting in the court of Queen Elizabeth or Queen Victoria or something. Do you like to kind of find the sort of inner soul of people when you shoot them and bring that out rather than actually saying, yeah, this person's done so-and-so and and that's why I want to photograph them? Looking for the inner soul, kind of, but looking for the real is what I'm really after. And I just really love taking pictures that are people being real. Um, and what I always say to my couples is you might sort of like have a bit of a double chin because you're laughing so hard Uh, you might be bright red and sweaty on the dance floor if you spill a pint in your lap I'm going to photograph that Um, so it's kind of just providing people with a set of images that are true to life and kind of get to the heart of who they really are your one sentence of advice to another photographer now it doesn't have to be one sentence but uh... it might be quite longer so um, 
When anyone, anyone ever asks me for advice, I always trot out this piece of advice that Dan O'Day um, gave to uh, me and lots of other people on his workshop at Field Trip about two years ago. And it's just really resonated with me. And um, every time kind of people tell me that they're feeling a bit of creative doubt, I sort of regurgitate the story that he said, told about... Um, well, he said, what he said was, uh, if you're a black belt in karate, you don't get to be a black belt in a day or a week or a month or a year or even five years. Um, it takes years and years and years of training to be a black belt. And then once you're a black belt, you have to continually practice and train to maintain that standard. And he sort of said the same applies to photography. You don't get to be Dan O'Day. He didn't say that because that would sound quite conceited. But he, the sort of analogy was you don't get to be um, all of these photographers that you aspire to be in a week or a month. And you don't get to be the best version of yourself as an artist in a week or a month or a year. And that's just always inspired me when I'm having sort of like a down period about my work or I'm feeling a bit, um, feeling kind of that artist's frustration um, that what I need to do is just keep shooting and keep shooting and keep shooting and keep shooting. Um, and I think that's a really nice way of getting through the tough times because it can be quite a lonely and isolating job and you can compare yourself to other people an awful lot, but you just don't know what their journey has been in compared to your journey. When you are doing you know, 30 weddings a year and you have a bit of downtime, do you set the camera aside or do you carry on shooting, like you just said? It varies, really. It just depends uh, when or where I am. So I shoot an awful lot on my iPhone. I'm doing a 365 project on my iPhone at the moment, um, which actually I'm already up to about 365 images. Um, so um, I shoot loads and loads and loads on that. And that's quite nice because there's no sort of like editing process attached to it. Um, but Pete and I actually went to the seaside on Monday and I took my camera and took a few pictures. So, yeah, it just depends what my workload's looking like. Um, but I shoot a lot on my phone is the answer. Yeah, it's just handy to have that little camera in your pocket, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you for doing this. And I'm sure lots of people have found what you've said to be useful. Who else should I be interviewing? Who would you like to hear from? Can I say two people? Yeah, you can say as many as you like. All right, okay. Um, so first of all, uh, so maybe three then. Yeah, I've got a list. Um, so you should interview Jacob Loafman. Um, he's one of my friends that lives in the US. Um, and he's just a really, really inspiring person because he is all about constantly pushing himself to create something new or try different techniques. Like He uses a lot of prisons and things like that in his work. But um, he just really strikes me as someone that's always trying to creatively push himself forward. Um, and I find that really, really inspiring. Uh, if you want to sort of uh, speak to someone from a fashion background, uh, Rosella Vannon, um, who, and you might have heard it here first, is uh, on um, lined up to be one of our speakers at the next Snap. Um, she's really, really fab, and she's actually had quite a short journey. She's not been around, I think she's been around um, less time than I have, um, and she shoots really, really beautiful, interesting fashion images. She's amazing with lighting. And then, yeah, Carl Group, so you can get in contact with him via the Mango Lab, and he's just brilliant, so fine art photographer, commercial photographer, uh, knows everything there is to know about sort of the history of photography and he's just a really inspiring guy fabulous thank you laura uh before you leave us give yourself a little plug and tell us where we can find out more about you and more about snap as well um so you can find me at www.babphoto.com b-a-b-b photo.com not bad photography that's some imposter that wants to be me when they grow up no that's not true but there is a bad photography and i'm a bit furious about it um and then you can find snap at uh, www.snapphotofestival.com is that right 
<laughs> I'm asking Pete. Hang on. Yes, yeah, fatphotofestival.com. The dates for the next snap are the 18th to the 22nd of April. Fabulous. Thank you for that little tidbit there. We will speak to you soon. Good luck with Snap. Thanks, Matt. Well, thank you, Laura. If you're enjoying Phototypes, please do give us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We're on Acast as well as iTunes and SoundCloud. Now, with Acast, you can get enhanced content. So, for example, when Laura talks about Snap Photography Festival, a link will pop up to take you to their website. Phototypes is produced and presented by me, Matt Bowen, with music from Nick Bentley, Songs for Cash and Soft Piano. On a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and three hundred and sixty-five day returns.